Get ready to be dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Welcome back to another really interesting episode of Days and Infused. Today, we're really pleased to have Madison Fiore here from head, or he's head of growth at Hawk Media and outsource CMO and marketing agency. Welcome to the show, Madison. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Good to reconnect, man. Thank you, man, for, well, it's really good to have you here, bro. I really appreciate it. And I think we kind of came together, not only have we met each other in person, um, we came together after that clubhouse thing. Um, yeah, <laughs> just about our kind of <laughs> our mutual kind of wonderment about what we had just been exposed to. Um, right. it, it, why don't, why don't, first off, why don't we just go back to my original question that I ask all my guests, Madison, what's your historical relationship to cannabis and where'd you come to cannabis? Yeah, good question. Definitely. Um, a passionate fan of cannabis in a lot of ways. I think it's, you know, diversity is probably my favorite thing about it. The first time yeah. I smoked was, I think I was about 14. It was the first day of summer. I was going into my sophomore year and a couple of friends gave me, we smoked out an apple a couple of times and it didn't work. And so then of course we do what all 14 year old kids do and we do way too much. And uh, we ended up smoking a lot of weed and we ended up eating a bunch of toast you know little pizza rolls and having a great afternoon uh, the high school that i uh, went to actually drug tested so it was double as scary as what? you know everybody else yeah so we actually had drug like random drug tests in my high school so it was one of those like all right you do it. catholic high school or something yeah kind of it was a little christian high school out in las vegas <laughs> so got very it. interesting got it, got it, got it was it. like first day of summer if we do it now it'll be out of our system by school and then it was just always like one of these things that we did, you know, once every five or six months, it wasn't really, you know, big for me until I went to college. And then in college, I played division lacrosse, which is also heavily drug tested. So it was always like this forbidden substance that, you know, you could sneak away and take this huge risk. And it was this adventure that was always really, really fun and, and recreational and enjoyable. But uh, it's very interesting how the plan has changed and how people have you know, started to normalize it. Man, if there's one sport that people need cannabis in, it's lacrosse. That's a brutal game. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. You got to be a little bit crazy, especially <laughs> the position I played is attack. So you're essentially getting attacked oh, by, God. you know, six foot metal poles, you know, every time you have the ball or even just playing <laughs> offense. So you come out of those games with a lot of bruises, some concussions, a lot of ice baths, and then you're back at it again in a couple of days. Yeah. Well, too bad you didn't have more cannabis in your life then, but that's the way that goes. Um, getting back to the clubhouse thing. So let's just recap that one. So you invited me to a marketing event on cannabis and the cannabis uh, marketing sphere. Um, I was very stoked to, to be on it, actually. I was really um, excited to hear what everyone had to say. But it turned out to be kind of a mutual self-gratification session with a mm -hmm. lot of people in marketing telling everyone – about their, um, their, you know, whatever they've done in their life and all of their mm -hmm. 
um, mod- what do they call modus fidelis or whatever, and it just t- telling everybody about how special they were and how great they were and what they can do for you. And, and it was just like a big ad for an hour and 40 minutes. And then mm-hmm. the moderator came on and said, well, we have 30 minutes left to talk about stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? what the hell just happened, man? Yeah, the platform of Clubhouse in itself is very interesting, right? It really had its moment over the last five or six months, and you're starting to see a big decline. I think, you know, a lot of people gave it its its love because podcasts have become so popular and people have been really enjoying podcasts. They thought, why not do a live podcast, right? And make it really easy. And what we've seen is that people just don't really like listening to people shoot the shit. They want to hear people talk about things that they're passionate about with a little bit of structure. Yeah, and it's really is when you get into one of those open forums like that, you really don't know which direction it's going to turn. And that is a problem in in that model. I mean, I like some of them I've heard, um, but there's quite a few that I just don't care for, you know. It's just really um, not very structured, and that is a problem. And I, I know that the people at home during COVID have been like, oh, you know, I can put up with this. I got some time on my hands. I can listen. It's not the same as a podcast, though, where it's direction oriented, it's subject oriented, and you have a definite leader and the interviewee, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we, well, I think we had 11 people on that, and it was supposed to be for an hour. And a lot of those people, you know, probably don't do a lot of this stuff. So they took their one moment to be live with Clubhouse and Adweek and kind of just took their, their moment to shine and get their word out there as kind of a you know, self-promotion. So we see that a lot in the space, right? Not a lot. There's, there's is some authenticity, but there's also a lot of inauthenticity and it's going to be really interesting to see that when it, it plays out over the next, you know, 18 to 24 months. And that's something you and I are both really passionate about. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to shout this out uh, because it was the, it was the craziest moment in that one clubhouse is when the guy completely threw the candid can endorsement from Ellen mm-hmm. and threw the whole thing under the bus, the whole campaign, everything. And, and I was just listening, just going, Oh God, no, don't say it, dude. Don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, you're so fired. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I forget exactly what he said, like, but it was mm-hmm. like watching a car crash. Oh, dude. Remember it was, he came on and he said, uh, one of the guests that said, man, that that really great thing, that marketing that, you know, about Ellen coming on talking about can, and it was so organic and it was beautiful and it was really so powerful in the cannabis space. And then the guy raised his hand and goes, oh, no, you know, we crafted that whole thing. That wasn't candid at all. I was like, whoa, <laughs> mistake. Yeah, Crazy. well, it, he missed his chance. It was it definitely the way it was communicated was not as effective as it should have been. It was a good opportunity because I think, no. you know, there's limited campaigns to discuss in the space that are actually successful and actually have yeah. enough reach. And that was one of the successful ones, you know, proper demographic, proper targeting, kind of the right audience. And it felt organic. So I think to the rest of us, it felt good. But, you know, sometimes you, you miss your shots. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on from that poor guy and go into another subject. But first, I'm going to talk about Pure Bliss. Pure Bliss is a CBD THC THCA um, tincture that just won best um, tincture at the WeedCon 2021 uh, convention for the industry. And much love goes out to Cave, the inventor of Pure Bliss, and his amazing old school OG tincture. If you see Pure Bliss in a store near you, uh, pick it up. It's well worth it. You get two ounces for the price of one ounce. And he puts a lot of love and care into his tincture. 
Um, Madison, you've worked with over 30 of the most prestigious brands in cannabis. What's your takeaway for people who don't have a huge budget? I love that. I love it. Let's jump right into it. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been varied, right? It's at this point, it's actually over yeah. fifty, and oh, you know, probably about 60 percent of those are CBD, and then you know the right. other just under a half are probably THC. On the THC side, you know, there's a few different ways to go about the growth of your business. The kind of the 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 normal growth pattern right now is like either create the strongest product on the shelf or one of the cheapest products on the shelves get a lot of distribution, cross your fingers and hope your customers are going to buy because that's really the two things that they're aiming for. Right, but the, right, right. there's being a, so much meat left on the bone. You know, I, I, obviously at Hawk, we're essentially a, a digital marketing agency, really kind of focused on e-commerce, which seems like an interesting place for, you know, the THC cannabis business. But we're starting to build unique tools that are able to replicate a true e-commerce funnel, right? Awareness, click, traffic, nurture, conversion, and then trying to extend lifetime value through organic social following and email. And so what is happening is we're seeing a lot of brands kind of leave a lot of meat on the bone by not having a great website, not having their email automation set up, and then not using a tool like, you know, Proper Connect or iHeartJane so that they can facilitate a transaction on their website. And so, you know, kind of integrating 21st century e-commerce best practices that are, you know, a no brainer for just about any CPG product. We're starting to integrate that in the THC side and it's making a big impact. You know what a really good tincture brings to you? It brings you happiness. It brings you calm and it brings you excellent sleep. That's what professor Snooks does. CBD, DA, THCA tinctures, Kumari and they do a CBDA rich tincture with ACDC. That's a 20 to one ratio. And the Kumari is a one to one ratio. Great for sleep, great for joint pain, and great for your life. Look for Professor Snooks at the dispensary near you, made in an OG style by an OG guy and his partner. Shout out to you, Jeff and Elena, for bringing Professor Snooks to the market and bringing old school back to cannabis. Also, FA Nino's just won best product. That's it. That's right. Best product at WeedCon 2021 this past weekend in Thousand Oaks, California. You know, that's a bunch of stoners tasting good stuff. And they picked F.A. Nino's smoking hot pot sauce as their top product. Look for it soon. It's it is an interesting conundrum, though. Um, you know, especially in my world, we have um, nine uh, brands in house um, that we distribute under Sense Distribution. Uh, we obviously have our own in-house brands, which is the whole Sense family and uh, Shuggy's family of products. Mm -hmm. But one thing I can say, like from me as the CEO of Sense Distribution, and I can say that we want the smaller brands that bring um, the love and passion for the flower to mm -hmm. the fore and then really getting it out there. Um, and one thing I have noticed, and if you're listening at home and you have started a brand and you think you're going to sit back and have other people run your business or manage your business, you're, you're fooling yourself. And you need to understand the cannabis business is about holistic approach. And sure, big, big brands, there's a lot of them out there. Dime, Nug, all, all these brands are good. I mean, no shit, they're good. But if you're a small brand, and unless you have incredibly deep pockets, if you're not out there in the trenches, and you're not mar marching with your soldiers, you're not going to do well. And I was out today, in fact, at a 
a shout out to seven stars in Richmond, California. We meet the great Z there and uh, who hopefully will be a guest on the show someday. Um, we met, you know, and we talked and we talked about the business. We talked about the culture. We talked about the plant. We talked about healing. We talked about everything. And a lot of people listening to the show right now and every show I do, you're going to go, well, this, the plant, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're talking about the culture. It's real, man. And that's all I can say. And if you're not part of that culture, you're going to have a hard time. Out, outliers who come in and try to get into the cannabis business and are not into the cannabis culture have a, have a hard time. Is that your, your take on it too, Madison? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's going to be ways that, you know, big pockets are going to be able to work their way around it, oh, sure. but without the big, yeah, but without the big pockets, you absolutely have to be a part of the team, right? Really understand the tools, really understand the industry and be a part of it for a lot more than just what a lot of people are seeing as the gold rush, right? Or the green rush as they're calling it. Yeah. I think um, one of the other things, unfortunately, getting back to Clubhouse a little bit, is when I do hear the um, the groups coming out of New York and the the new states, I hear this really this frothiness, you know, this enthusiasm, and I just remember, yeah, that was 2014, 2015, you know, here in California, and then 2017 when it ramped. It's just you can't even comment to these people because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear your knowledge base. They don't want to hear your truth. They don't want to hear anything. Uh, but God bless them. I mean, they're they're out there and they're really excited about all of this. But it is an issue because we've been all the way through the trenches. I mean, you must have heard mm -hmm. that too. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think you know we're at a very interesting point of supply and demand, right? We we see cannabis consumers growing. We're seeing CBD consumers growing, but not nearly at the rate of CBD and THD brands <laughs> and businesses popping up. Right? It's like almost two to one. So demand is growing but supply is just skyrocketing so this gold rush or green rush is starting to get a little bit saturated and so you have to be really strategic and committed to seeing it grow in the long run right you can't just be looking to put a dollar in and get three or four dollars out right now because that's a really quick way to burn burn through your capital we are very very happy to have three kings empire as part of the new sense distribution family Three Kings Empire, their pre-rolls, their Keef-infused, Keef-rolled, perfect joints have been marketed and sold in LA for many, many years. Seth and his amazing team at Three Kings Empire have a great following. They sell the crap out of these things, and they are delicious. They burn like a fine cigar. They've got a great effect, and you will not go wrong with the price. 1.5 gram delicious pre-roll available in a dispensary near you. Look for Three Kings Empire pre-rolls in every dispensary you can possibly get to hey boy is it you know um that's the other reason for being a soldier on the ground too with your brand is you've got to preserve your capital you've got to be prepared i mean uh, thank god that we made it through COVID. in terms of my company we have a dedicated staff of people who are true to the flower they're true to the plant and they're true to the vision and that has really made a big difference for me and i, I cannot thank my team at sense and shuggies enough for being there for me uh, as well as I can't thank an, enough the new new group who's joined Sense Distribution. That's Pure Bliss. That's um, the Parist. That's Green Bee Botanicals. That's uh, Chuck at F.A. Ninos. Shout out to you, Chuck. You're amazing. Um, and Betty's Baked and Be Baked Betty, sorry. And uh, Sugar Leaf Royalty. I mean, all these guys coming into our world. And Jeff at, at Snooks, Professor Snook. I mean, it's amazing. And having that passion, 
um, really makes a difference. And if you have an opportunity with COVID winding down and you're listening to this at home and you have an opportunity to go to a really good, you know, um, cannabis event, uh, it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, whether you smoke weed, whether you ingest it, whether you, you eat or edibles, or you don't know shit about cannabis or CBD, go to one of these events. I think you'll find an amazing group of people and, and a very, divergent crowd and fun crowd and you know like they say no one robs a bank after they smoke some weed because by the time they get to the door they forgot what they were doing so <laughs> any comment on uh, the public look of cannabis medicine i just feel very lucky to be so passionate about something i think that's you know you mentioned yeah. passion and i think it's we're so lucky i truly have such a passion for what this plant is going to do um, to both medicinal and recreational society over the next decade that, that I let that kind of mm -hmm. be my North more North star and let that keep me passionate let that keep me motivated. And so I think it's just going to, it's going to be really great to look back in 30, 40 years and make that is what I committed my life towards. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's expand on that a little bit about, um, the small brand who are successful and the big brands that are sucking kind of the wind out of the sails in a lot of ways. I'm not saying they're bad, but definitely I'm seeing the encroachment of big money that is not necessarily geared in the right direction. In my opinion, what, what's your take on that? Yeah. Well, uh, the good news is there's such limited marketing channels for these brands, both big and small that it almost, right. I do put almost, levels the playing field, right? Because if you come in and you're a new supplement True. brand and you're P and G, you can spend $2 million a month on Facebook. You can spend, of, you know, 200, 300,000 on influencers and then another half million on Google right out of the gates and overpower a lot of these young kind of up and coming brands that have much leaner budgets. Whereas in this industry, you can't yeah. do that. There are places you can spend money, but not nearly as many. And so the playing field is much more level because of the limited places to get impressions. Yeah. And let's talk about some go into the minutia on that one too. And it's, it's the amount of people out there still peddling snake oil. And I don't mean products. I mean, marketing tools. What do you think about this? All these virtual things and everything else, nothing comes of these things. I mean, unless you've got a different take on this, I'd love to hear it. That's really, it's really interesting. I think I'd be curious kind of what you mean and which kind of events or virtual things that you're talking about. Well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus because everyone's trying, right? But it, it does seem like there are some uh, virtual events that, you know, hey, get your brand out there, get exposed, we'll, we'll push this. But I, I'm connected to everything in cannabis in terms of my social media, in terms of my email channels, in terms of my marketing research. And I don't see any results from a lot of these things, but we don't have to be too specific about it. Like I said, yeah. I don't want to throw people under the bus, right? Yeah. Well, I think one of the things you said right at the beginning, that's really important is you have to be, you have to have a holistic marketing approach or what we think of as kind of an omni-channel approach. So some of those virtual events and some of the sponsorships, some of the activations, some of the ad dollars, you know, they're not going to move the needle. They're not going to prove their worth. With that said, I like the idea of continuing to try new things, test new channels. You know, maybe you do one of those virtual events and it's a complete waste of money. And then maybe the other one lands you your biggest investor. So 
I totally agree that there's a lot of uh, <laughs> brand new groups and names and foundations kind of popping up left and right. But, you know, yeah. as a, as a young business owner and a young marketer, I think, you know, testing and trying a lot of these things is a lot better than kind of sitting on the couch and, and complaining that your marketing well, is not true. working. Yep. Well, absolutely. Well, I, I got to agree with you there. Right. Exactly. Um, with respect to marketing, right. In terms of the global reach, meaning United States reach on marketing, does California cannabis marketing translate to other markets? What's your take on that? I, I kind of think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear what you have to say. Absolutely. Um, you know, without a, without a doubt, I think California is a state that is very, very well known and it's kind of early adopters in a lot of ways. A lot of people come here, whether they live here or not, right? I talk to clients, I have clients all over the United States, all over the world. And a lot of them come to LA at least once or twice a year because it is the epicenter for a lot of business specifically in this industry. So I think the brands and many of them have started in California, built the reputation, tested their messaging, understand kind of their product mix, understand how to get customers and how to convert them and how to get in more dispensary doors. And then they expand to become multi-state operators. So my answer is absolutely. So that is the mystery sauce in this whole mix though, isn't it? Is um, quantifying uh, customers. What, what methodologies are you using to quantify a new customer? I mean, that's a, something eludes me to a certain extent as well, except for yeah. sales. Except for no, sales. Yeah. Yep. Sales lift is definitely the number one key performance indicator, which is rare for Hawk, right? At Hawk, we have, you know, probably 70% e-commerce businesses where we can jump into Facebook, Shopify, Google Analytics, and track everything from top to bottom and even cross-reference those. Within this space, you know, revenue lift is huge. Key performance indicators that are less predictive of revenue are email list growth, you know, email management, uh, excuse me, email open rate, yes. um, social following, revenue, you know, new doors, revenue lift in those doors. And then things like traffic on site, especially if we're using a plugin to convert that traffic, we can really start to build out a true e-commerce funnel for your website, even though it's not, you know, a shopping cart on your website, it. It is. And so there, it's starting to become a lot more performance marketing based than something that I'm ecstatic about happening over the next, you know, three, six, 12 months and, and beyond. So that concludes the first episode with Madison Fiore. And we're going to come back with more interesting facts and figures and cool stuff from Madison Fiore from the Hawk Media Group. We'll be here next week. So you can take a listen to that. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.